Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issues of climate change. I'm Gao Junya. Climate change is not just about increased greenhouse gas emissions, leading to rising global temperatures, rising sea levels, and more extreme weather events. Climate change is also about our health. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres warns of the dire impacts of climate change on human beings. Humanity is in the hot seat. The consequences are clear and they are tragic. Children swept away by monsoon rains, families running from the flames, workers collapsing in scorching heat. The era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. And the World Health Organization labels climate change as the greatest health threat facing humanity. In today's program, we explore how climate change is threatening the health of each and every one of us. The recently released Lancet Countdown report says the average number of days with health-threatening temperatures has rapidly increased over the past two decades. Compared with 1986 to 2005, the number of heatwave days from 2013 to 2022 increased 94 percent globally, reaching 84 days. In 2021, higher frequency of heatwaves and droughts led to 127 million more people experiencing moderate or severe food insecurity compared with the period between 1981 and 2010. Additionally, 490 billion potential hours of labor were lost in 2022 due to heat exposure. The report emphasizes the urgent need for health-centered response in a world facing irreversible harms. And the upcoming COP28 UN climate conference will host its first-ever health day, scaling up actions to address the impacts of climate change on human health. For more on the health impacts of climate change. I have spoken with Professor Tsai Wenjia with the Department of Earth System Science at Tsinghua University and Director of the Lancet Countdown Regional Center in Asia. Professor Tsai, in a world increasingly shaped by climate change, can you elaborate on its effects on our health? Beyond the discomfort of heat waves, what specific health impacts are we seeing from climate change, direct and indirect? I think climate change is like an invisible killer, and the reason why it is invisible is that it is acting behind all different kinds of heat waves, storms, floods, droughts, and different kinds of、uh, extreme weather events. Climate change not only impacts our physical health, but it also affects our mental health. Let's give a one example. I think everyone enjoys doing physical exercise every day outside, but when the temperature goes up in some areas where the humidity is really high, people would feel really uncomfortable when they go outside for outdoor activities. So in this way, most people choose not to go outside, but rather stay. Indoor, so with that effect, people might not have enough or sufficient time for doing exercise outdoor to keep them fit and also mentally healthy. This is one 
a side effect of the climate change on our health. And uh, the less time you you spend outdoor, the more possibility that you will have some mental problem. So the happiness level of these people might also go down. So it is actually one tiny perspective that how climate change affects our physical health and as well as our our mental health. I would also want to mention that this is only one way that climate change affects our health. You would see a lot of people suffer from flood, from drought. I guess most of people could still remember the the flood in Pakistan in year 2022, where in some of the most severe areas, people suffer from the massive floods for more than six months. They have to leave their home and they don't have enough food. So I think because I currently live and work in China, I feel that we are in some way lucky because we have a large territory so that you won't be able to feel all the kinds of extreme weather events and such a severe negative outcome like those small territory country. So these people who who live, for example, near the sea, their homeland may also be be lost just because of the sea level rise. So a lot of these channels, they they are affecting our health from the climate change. So it's it is really important that we we view climate change as a major health threat, not only now but also in the future. The World Health Organization labels climate change as the greatest health threat facing humanity. Do you agree with this view? Can you expand on your reasoning? I fully understand and supports this statement. But I know that most of the people, when they hear this statement for the first time, they feel, well, is that true? Is this exaggerating? But I talked with a lot of friends and colleagues around me. When I asked them, before I mentioned anything related to climate change, what's the biggest health threat faced by you? Most of them will say, well, like lack of enough sleep or lack of physical exercise or too much like work and uh, they don't feel happy enough. So like, things like those factors, they view uh, them as the biggest health threat. However, if we look at, let's say, from the humanity level, from the larger population level, if we view this from the larger temporal and spatial scope, let's say, you will see that climate change actually affects everyone. Everyone in the world would need to face at least one kind of like extreme weather events. Like in Beijing, in this summer, we have like at least three days of the week, we have a maximum daily temperature above 42 degrees, which have been never seen in the history of Beijing. And for some other areas, they also face different kinds of extreme weather events. So from the number of population affected perspective, climate change certainly is one of the biggest health threats that affects almost everyone in the world. And from the time scale perspective, you could also feel that this threat would not go away in years or in decades. According to the climate scientists, the trend of global warming would continue for at least 20 years, even if we are achieving really low emission scenario. So if we take that warming trend into account, you will see that the World Health Organization already made an estimation into the future that in the year 2030s, 250,000 people would die from climate change 
because of the heat wave, because of malaria, and because of the the food nutrition problem. So these are only three channels how climate change affects us, and it already causes such a high death toll. But this is only happens in one year. If we calculate the overall number throughout the year to 2050 or the year afterwards, you can multiply by the year that you think the warming trend continues. Then you could easily get a death toll more than millions of millions of people. So this is why that. No single health threat currently we, we, on our consideration would compare themselves to the threat of climate change. Even when we compare with COVID nineteen, which happens in the past three years, the WHO also estimated that seven hundred million people died because of COVID nineteen. However, if we if we take the two hundred and fifty thousand people die in one year. Because of climate change, then we would see that simply like thirty、um, or forty years of the death numbers because of the climate change would surpass the number that are dying from、uh, COVID nineteen. So this is some of the reasons why I think the WHO statement is worth thinking and is is quite convincing that we shouldn't view climate change as a thing that are are, are far away from us. Actually, every one of us, especially our our kids, our grandchildren, they will face more severe climate environment than ours. So that is why we should really take this seriously. Yes, Professor Tsai, you've given us some examples on the impact of climate change on our health. Can you share with us one or two specific cases, like detailing it, how climate change is affecting our health, just to help us to get a better understanding of it. In fact, I can name a lot more specific cases, but different people they suffer from climate change from different ways. For example,、uh, in these heat wave days, we know that in Beijing in this summer, a tourist guide just died from the strong heat wave that day because he spent most of the day outdoor guiding his guests to visit the summer palace, and this is once. Like extreme example, how、uh, climate change would cause some acute health effects. However, why do we call climate change as an invisible killer or a silent killer? Because when heat wave comes or even a cold spell comes, these people who have existing health problems, for example, those、uh, high blood pressure or some cardiovascular diseases problems, their blood temperature are actually fluctuating. Because of the weather change, the temperature change, so some people will say, "Well,、uh, I feel uncomfortable because I have this existing health problems." But they ignore the fact that those outdoor environment would also affects the blood pressure changes of their own body. So, in fact, these climate change that causes more heat waves and sometimes more cold spells, they would cause the The rising incidence rate of those、uh, cardiovascular diseases. So these people actually, we see a lot of true epidemiology curves from the researchers. And another example is how, if I remember correctly, like one third of the 
population right now have those、uh, allergy problems, and for a lot of people who are affected by the the hay fever or the pollen allergies, they will also be severely affected by climate change because the warmer the temperature goes, some of the flowers they they will flower <laughs> before they should be. So some people would need to endure a longer period when these flowers are causing those allergy problems. Yes, problems are there, and we need to seek solutions. What strategies can be employed to tackle climate change and reduce its impact on our health? Overall speaking, there are two kinds of strategies. The first one is mitigation, or to reduce our carbon. Emission footprints. Most of the countries actually right now have committed to become carbon neutral in year 2050 or 2060 or even some year later. But this would certainly stop the trend of, or at least reduce the trend of global warming. But as I just mentioned, these warming trend won't be able to be stopped in the recent two decades at least. So. The second strategy becomes even more important if we want to reduce the impacts immediately, which is adaptation. Adapting to climate change means that you can use some measures or tools, reduce your exposure to extreme weather events. For example, at the city or the provincial level, you could try to expand your green space areas in the city to reduce the outdoor temperature. And this has been proven to be a quite effective tool to reduce the number of people who are dying from the heat-related mortality. Another way that could be used by the government is to develop a really advanced early warning system, which can tell people at least sometimes days ahead of the extreme weather events come. For example, the flood, the wildfire, which. Are really a massive killer when it comes to those high population density areas. When flood came, if you could at least make the announcement or make the warning at least ten seconds before the flood comes, you could save even eighty or ninety percent of lives during the floods. And that is why、uh, the United Nations have announced early warning for all initiative last year in 2022, where they set up a goal in a five-year plan. They advocate for every country in the world to provide early warning services for every one of them and to help them escape from the hazard effects of climate change. Professor Tsai, personally, how long have you been conducting researches on the impact of climate change on health? I've started to touching upon this topic since year 2013, but、uh, I think、um, working on specifically on the on, on the China problems, I've been doing that since in year 2020. And in your opinion, what are the most urgent research needs in understanding and addressing the health impacts of climate change? Mm, unfortunately, I I really think there are too many urgent research needs. I think there is still a big gap between the science scientific community,、uh, how we understand health impacts of climate change in the scientific community and in the general public. So I think we will need to deliver this、uh, strong message and to make. Every people understand that climate change is really a health issue. So, with that, I I would really urge all the、uh, fund providers to consider to provide funding to those location specific mechanism exploration on how climate affects human health. Because 
in the scientific community, we really lack of funding supports uh, related to this very important issue. And that is why we only have some limited evidence that how climate change or heat waves affects the human health in one city. However, we know that we have such different climate zones in the world and we have different social economic status and that is why in every region in the world the mechanism how climate change affects health are different and even with the most pressing aspects of uh, climate change and even for different regions they are actually affected by different kinds of climate phenomenon. In some areas, they are mostly affected by by floods, and in some areas, they are most affected by wildfire. And so we have to identify those location-specific climate phenomenon, and we have to identify a very specific uh, health impacts, not only mortality, because the death number might be limited. However, the number of people being affected or being ill from those kind of climate impacts might be larger than the number. So we really need to study that. And this kind of scientific understanding will help us identify how we should react to this kind of uh, health impacts of climate change. And in this perspective, I really think that some economic thinking will help us identify the most effective tools to reduce the largest impacts of climate change. So I really think that we already have a a full list of uh, response measures that we could uh, tackle the health impacts of climate change, but we don't really know which to start from. So for each regions, they could start to calculate the cost effectiveness of each measures and to identify those measures that would need the least amount of money but would reduce the largest amounts of health impacts. Could you please introduce us the Lancet Countdown tracking progress on health and climate change and its significance in this context? This flagship publication started to take its form in year 2016, where we stated that we we were going to do this annual report, and this is the indicator structure that we are going to take, and, and we are using this annual report to track the progress from every perspective on health and climate change, uh, which includes five dimensions, in fact. The first one is how climate change impacts health, and the second one is how our adaptation measures brings those health co-benefits, and the third one is how our mitigation actions or carbon emission reductions helps achieve those health benefits. And the fourth one is how do we understand those impacts and those response measures from an economic perspective, whether it's costing us a lot of money from the health impacts of climate change. And if we transit to the low carbon economy, would that bring us some new form of development into the future? And the fifth dimension is how how the public and the policymakers view on this issue, whether they they have a high interest on this issue and they have more and more policy incentives to, to change the trend. So this is actually a more and more influential publication in the scientific community. And it's starting to reaching out 
to the influence more policymakers. And I think the significance of this annual report at least could be found in three areas. The first one is that this is a quite evidence-based publication, which reviews the multiple chains on how climate change affects our health. It helps solve the problem that people think that climate change is far away, is something that happened in the polar areas. So it helps us build the linkages between each one of us and climate change. So it feels that, oh, my health, my body has been affected by climate change, and I have to do something to stop that trend. So this scientific linkages, if we succeeded to build up these linkages, I really think that it could act as a catalyzer, which motivates people to feel more about climate change and to do more actions related to that. And the second aspect of significance is that we publish our reports every year before the United Nations Climate Change Conference. So it, it actually rings the alarm bell every year and it points out whether we are in the right track or we are in the wrong track. We want the policymakers to watch that this health issue is becoming more and more pressing and we should try our best to tackle climate change not only for these animals in the forest, in the sea, but also for ourselves. And the third area of significance is that it not only rings the alarm bell, it also brings us those good solutions or best practices that are happening around the world. So you can see from these panels or from these analysis under each indicator, some countries are really achieving quite well or they're having really good progress in some specific areas. In fact, we have 40 indicators in the global report and 28 indicators in the China report. So everyone could look for those areas that they could play a role from those four indicator lists. And you can try to see which are the best practices happening in other parts of the world. And you can start to think whether I could do something better than that. So I think it also brings us the signs of hope, which can not only reduce those negative health impacts right now, but also aims for a better health future. That was Professor Tsai Wenjia with the Department of Earth System Science at Tsinghua University and Director of the Lancet Countdown Regional Center in Asia. Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Now let's follow Li Yunqi and look at the latest climate developments across the globe. The Hong Kong government will devote 30 billion U.S. dollars in the next 15 to 20 years to implement climate change mitigation and adaptation measures. At least 46 people, mostly nomadic herders, are missing in eastern Mongolia due to heavy snow and blizzards. The European Union is going to launch a second round of auctions for hydrogen subsidies next spring. Heavy rains and floods have left at least 71 people dead, over 200 injured, and more than 150,000 others displaced in Kenya. A new study has found that the extreme wildfires in 2020 and 21 in California were unprecedented in the modern record. The fires burned more than 19,000 square kilometers of forest, potentially affecting the habitats of over 500 vertebrate species. 
UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called for record action from world leaders to tackle climate change. The Australian government has announced an expansion of subsidies for clean energy projects to help achieve its 2030 renewables targets. A study says ozone levels above Antarctica may not be recovering, and changes in the Southern Hemisphere atmosphere may be contributing to the persistence of the ozone hole. A report calls for incorporating climate change impacts into the design and adaptation of infrastructure connectivity. The report says interconnected infrastructure, such as energy and transportation, accounts for more than 70% of global greenhouse gas emissions. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode again and to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms. Or visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. You can also contact us via email, radio@cgtn.com. All your comments and advice are valued. Climate Watch is a weekly podcast brought to you by CGTN Radio. I'm Gao Junya. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>